Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Rick, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Hi, Blake. I'm so happy to be here. This is going to be one of those interviews where I think we're going to have a lot of fun. I can already tell. I think we are. We were talking before we started recording about just kind of having really similar mindsets and theologies and, and right. kind of approaching the gospel the same way. So to get right. us started, will you just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, all that good stuff? Sure. I'll try to be brief. Um, <laughs> I've been a, I've been a performer and a musician since I was four, and I'm 58. That means that I have a performer's ego. So I talk about my <laughs> God and I are working on this. He knows yeah. about it. he's completely aware, and he helps yeah. me. Anyway, um, so I, I was a musician um, uh, professionally. Uh, grew up doing that. Played in nightclubs before I was old enough to be in those nightclubs. Yeah, and uh, raised in a certain very, very prominent religion and was very active in it. Went to a visit a, a church that was not of my denomination that I'd never been to before. And literally, I used to teach like Sunday school and stuff. So I was involved. And I heard a guy from the pulpit say, listen, if Jesus paid for your sins, what's left for you to pay? And I went, wait, wait a second. I've taught Jesus paid for my sins. I know Jesus paid for my sins. So if they're paid for, they're paid for. And my mind exploded. <laughs> and the Holy, Absolutely. The Holy Spirit, I, I lean on, on a theology and a theological bent that, that says that God is the first mover in salvation. God opened my eyes. Because listen, I'd heard that every Sunday at Mass. I'd heard that everywhere. I knew the facts. But at that moment, I became a Christian. So after that, they, I was a worship leader two weeks after I became a Christian. Horrible decision on the parents, uh, pastor's part. <laughs> However, I was a mu professional musician, and I've been a worship leader ever since. That was 1982. Um, but also a pastor preaching from the pulpit for at least 20 of those years in churches like Baptist churches. Um, Salvation. I worked, worked for the Salvation Army for two years, and and stuff like that. So I've been preaching, but always been into apologetics and defending the faith and defending the pure gospel of grace. <laughs> Amen. Which about. we need. We yes. need that. Like we need people doing that work. Our tendency, it's, it's my biggest problem in life is to depend on ourselves. Our tendency is to do better, be better, prove to God we can actually do some of this stuff. God, I'm not as bad. Listen, our righteousness is filthy rags to God. Mm -hmm. And so we come hidden in Christ, you know, and, and that's why we're accepted. And, yeah. uh, and, yet, and yet so many people teach that, okay, well, you know, you may have slid in by the skin of your teeth into this Christian thing, but man, is God disappointed in you. You got so much. What the heck kind of gospel is that? <laughs> no. And they'd see, and we're like, I love that we're just diving right in. They yeah. seem to enjoy that. 
Oh, that's feels, the truth. Feels familiar, right? If you've read the New Testament, Jesus encountered these same people. That's right. That's right. You know why? You know what's hilarious? I talk about this in my book. Is you know, atheists say religion is a tool for control. And guess what? They're 100% correct. 100%. 100%. Religion, religion is a tool for control. And, and, and I say things that get me in big trouble, but that's okay. Uh, you know, um, uh, much why of, you fit, you'll fit right in here. Yeah. Much of what passes for evangelical Christianity today, in my opinion, is nothing more than pick yourself up by your bootstraps, self-help, mm. Tony Robbins. And guess what? I love Tony Robbins. All that stuff has its place. But Christianity has become how to become an excellent Christian, where to keep your excellence, how to keep your excellence polished. Can you be more excellent than this excellent person? Listen, I'm not excellent. <laughs> you know what I am? Yeah. I am a sinner. I am in my flesh. All kinds of crazy things exist in my brain, in my thought life. You know, that's who I am. So my, my stance before God is on my face, like the publican saying, have mercy on me. It's the sinner. Mm -hmm. Remember me, God, it's Rick, the sinner. Yeah. And he goes, you know what he does? It's like, it's like what they say in Revelation. They throw the crowns off their head, right? The, at 24. Right. I don't know. I don't deserve this God. And he says, nope. And he puts it back on. That's my relationship. Yeah. That's my relationship with God. I bring nothing to the table, yet he seems to, uh, he seems to use us. So praise him. That's beautiful. You mentioned your book. So yeah. you have the top 10 stinking lies from the pulpit. <laughs> yeah, I know this is an audio podcast, but I just showed it to you on the. On I know. The I love that cover. That's hilarious. Yeah, I made that myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the top 10 stinking lies. Yeah, that's my latest book. And I guess I could tell you why I wrote it. And yeah. we can talk about it a little bit. Um, it actually started as a, as, a, as a sermon series. So I preached each one of these chapters oh, wow. as a sermon series. And the videos exist on our website and on YouTube and on Facebook, which is where our church meets. That's another weird thing about us. We are a completely online church. And we, and we meet at facebook.com slash the grace online church. And there's a, and there's a private group for members. And that means you just have to say, yeah, I believe in Jesus and a couple of things so that we yeah. can tell, we can tell the IRS, hi, we're really a church, you see, but <laughs> right. anyway, we meet on church, but so, so I've been preaching forever, uh, you know, and, and a lot of it has been very gospel centric, but also pointing out things that are anti-gospel, you yeah. know? When I first started these kinds of apologetics discussions, I was like, 20, I was a pastor when I was 26. And wow. so, and so I, I was straining at gnats back then, you know what I mean? I would, I would, I could fight you on every doctrinal issue that could ever be, you know, sublapsarian and, you know, and, and preter millennialism and all this, you yeah. know what? And, and, and that's all great and everything, but you know what? In my, in my fifties now, all I care about is the pure gospel of grace, the gospel mm. of grace. That's all that matters. So I believe every one of these lies attacks the gospel of grace. I'll read the lies real quick. First, your salvation is dependent upon you. Now, some of these lies, people go, wait, that's not a lie. Just read the chapter. You'll see. But yeah, <laughs> yeah your salvation is, is dependent on you. That's a lie. You can lose your salvation. That's a lie. I, I'm an eternal security believer. 
God gets mad at Christians. That's an interesting one. That's a lie. God gets disappointed with Christians. Also a lie. Many people don't believe that's a lie. Number five, this is one we can talk about because writing it, I felt like a heretic. (laughs) (laughs) And yet I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is true. Here's a lie. The Holy Spirit convicts Christians of sin. Mm. I'm going to prove that that repentance is your part in the salvation equation. Emphasis on your. Number seven, a loving God would not punish people for eternity. You know that. That's the denial of hell that is so rampant in the evangelical church now. Number eight, this one, I just, you know, if I, if I end up, I won't say it. (laughs) This one, I actually name names. It's the only chapter that I name someone who's a false teacher in my opinion. And that's, you have to be willing to give up everything that you could possibly think of in order to be saved or else you're not saved. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I really, really don't like lordship salvation. Um, And then number 10, it's not God's will for Christians to suffer, to suffer. Mm -hmm. So those are the the 10 lies. And uh, yeah, they're a little controversial. (laughs) No, but here's the thing. If we're not having these conversations, then all people are doing is believing whatever is coming down from the pulpit. Because we seemingly have lost the ability to think critically. We turn to the pulpit or to Instagram influencers or whatever to teach us our Bible. Right. And I think books like yours are important, not to, to, to like be the mirror image, to be teaching them the other thing, but just to like, like, I want, I want you to challenge what I believe sure, so that I can figure out why I believe it. Yeah. And Blake, I want you to challenge me. Of course, right. this, this is the way we're supposed to be. I don't want to believe stuff that's not examined, right? The self-examined life exactly. not worth living, but you know, as well as I do that this isn't just the church issue. This is a news and politics issue. We have, we have a whole country that's on the brink of fear because we get our information from people who have an ulterior motive. And I hate to, and I hate to say this, Lord cover me, because it certainly isn't true of everyone. It's not even probably true of the majority, but there are people who preach with ulterior motives too. A hundred percent. I'm sorry 100%. to say percent. Yeah. No, yeah. I completely agree. You know, like we, we've already made mention of like, you know, Jesus's experiences with the Pharisees, but the way Jesus taught right. about the Pharisees was like, they, they pile burdens upon you that they do not carry themselves. If that's yes. not an ulterior motive, I don't know what is. I, I had a pastor from the pulpit say the following two things to me, go to the church. The first was, um, we just got back from vacation, my wife and I, and we spent uh, every morning, we still got up at 4.30 a.m. in Hawaii and spent two hours on our knees before the Lord. And I just want to show you that even on vacation, we serve the Lord. He said that, but, but the thing that was worse was he said, I just want you all to know that this is God's message for you. I love you all, but you're a mess. You believe that this was video because we both just made like the best faces. Like, okay, and then we wonder why people don't want anything to do with Christianity. I'm I'm telling you, I I talk about that a lot. Can I talk to you about one of the lies? Of course. I'm sorry. I'm you direct this thing, okay? I I, no, you direct it. This is if you've ever noticed, if you haven't noticed yet, 
I uh, talk a lot. I'm from New Jersey. I'm Italian. You know, I'm talking. About- <laughs> I, I actually have a character named Frank the Gambliano. He does stand-up comedy. And, and you disagree with him theology, he's liable to break your knuckles. You know what I mean? <laughs> so this lie, I couldn't believe this lie. I learned this lie preparing to write this book. Now, I always felt weird about it, but when I studied it, I thought, oh my gosh. Well, actually preparing to to do the sermon. We all have been told when you sin and you feel that thing in you as a Christian, that's the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. convicting you of sin. I've taught that a thousand times. Let Let me read you a verse, a series of verses. This is John 16, 7 through 11. Okay. This is Jesus speaking. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. We know what that's talking about. This is these are the verses everybody knows about. Right. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, listen to this. He will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. But he doesn't stop there. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict non-Christians that they don't believe in Jesus, and therefore that sin will send them to hell. So what's that feeling? Let me tell you what that feeling is when you sin. First of all, here's why the Holy Spirit can't convict a Christian. Because guess what the word convict means? Exactly what you think it means. How can the Holy Spirit convict someone of a sin who which jesus the son of god paid for who is also part of the trinity and therefore the father has removed as far as the east is from the west and therefore acquitted the father says i here's the jury here's the trial jesus is the advocate not guilty but yet the holy spirit goes around convicting christians it does not what it is here's what it is We have a war. Mm -hmm. We walk in two worlds. We have a spirit that loves God and longs for him and hates sin. It really does. And then we we have have that. We We have have that. I have that. that. We have that. We have that. If you're born again, if you don't have that, you're not born again. Amen. I have that. He said, I'll knock. Listen, Revelation 3.20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you open, I'll come in. I love the new, the new living translation. And it says, and we'll share a meal together as friends. Mm-hmm. Jesus has moved into my heart. He's my friend. He loves me. The Holy Spirit is in me and he'll never leave me. Um, but I have been recreated. I, I, am, I am a new creature. The old is gone. The new has come. That new creature does not like it when I do think. Doesn't think-want to sin. No, in exactly. fact. In fact, it knows the consequences. Exactly. And it tells me, why the heck are you doing this? That's, yes. that's the argument. But people say that's the Holy Spirit. How can it be the Holy Spirit? I just have a question. Does the Holy Spirit convict whom God acquits? Mm. That's no. the only... How can he? <laughs> right. But, and then... We, we take that on ourselves as well and try to do it for other people. 
Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, we even pray, Lord, get him. Holy Spirit, get him. You better hope God doesn't answer that prayer because he'll get you too. We, we forget that the same new man that we have in ourselves, the person that we're dealing with has in them as well. So like, I'm going to trust the spirit and the new man in you and you do the same for me. We can all just move forward without trying yeah. to convict one another. Yeah, and that, and that is, you're right. That's the way we should be. The hard part of that is that flesh, because that flesh, right. is, it's prideful, you know, and it blurs the lines all the time. You know, you see something, but you know, C.S. Lewis, I, I know, I, I know from, from watching your other podcasts and reading about you, I really appreciate that you're a, a theology student. Uh, that, that, I, I, I love that, you know, C.S. Lewis wrote screw tape letters. I know you know that right. book. Right? Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's a senior demon talking to a, a, a trainee named, right. uh, and, and he says, listen, I see that your, uh, your, your patient, that's the Christian, has become humble. Have you made him aware of it? Yeah. When, he, when you make him aware of it, uh, he'll feel proud. Try, and then he'll try to squish the pride. Make him aware, make him proud of his attempt to squish the pride. But then check this out. The devil says, but be careful. Because if you do it too much, he'll catch on. Yeah. <laughs> That's the key. That's yes. the key right there. We are not naive according to the devil's schemes. We've caught on, you know, and, and I'm, that's not God convicting and condemning me. Romans 8.1, what does it say? <laughs> Paul confessed at the end of Romans. I'm sorry, I'm rambling, I'm preaching. I'm no, sorry. No, I love it. Go. It's awesome. Paul preached at the end of Romans 7. <laughs> Wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? I live in Romans 6, 7, and 8 because they are so much me. And, yeah. and Christians that deny Romans 7, almost, they, they need to deny Romans 8, 1 then. Because Romans 7 was not Paul pretending to be unsaved. That's, right. me, that's what the legalists will tell you. Uh, yes. that, that, yeah, the legalists will say he was pretending. That was back. No, he said, wretched man that I am am not that i was and he and i identify with him so much and that he says who will deliver me and then he answers it this is the gospel this is yeah. the god therefore there is now no condemnation i condemn myself my flesh condemns me the world condemns me and the devil condemns me but the holy spirit doesn't condemn me nor convict me <laughs> and that's what matters it's the only, he's the only, it's the only thing that matters. The only entity whose opinion of me matters Amen. tells me these following three things. I can never be more loved, more accepted, or more forgiven yeah. than I am at this moment. I'm sorry, that chokes me up. No, it, it should it's make us emotional in face of that. That is how. Like you said, the only person, the only opinion that matters, that that is how he sees me. To me, that flies directly in the face of what the legalist tries to tell me. That's right. Right? That's exactly right. Legalism is comparing filthy rags and saying my exactly. filthy rags are just a tiny bit less filthy than yours. Right. No. Exactly. Which is stupid because it's not how anything in scripture works you know no, like the, no. the church has this like hierarchy of sins and right. i'm like like i don't think that's how any of this works it's not and jesus jesus clearly clearly stated that he clearly right. 
leveled the playing field when he said things like, you say you're happy because you've never cheated on your wife. I say every time you looked at a woman with lust, you did cheat on your wife. Exactly. Oh my gosh. That changes right. everything. It, and Jesus it, didn't say those things to con- like to like stir up guilt. He said it to even the playing field. He said it to say, let's yeah. stop like putting one above the other and like playing yes. this weird like sin Olympics. Yes. When reality is like all have sinned, all have fallen short, but it's cool. I took care of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's so funny. People say, I'll just read the words in red and you'll be fine. Yeah, be careful, okay? Mm-hmm. Read the words in context and you'll be fine. Because yeah. there's a lot of words in red you can read that you don't understand. I, let me give you an example. Um, you know, for sake of of I don't know, appropriateness, I won't mention a name, but everyone will know. Um yeah. But this guy has a theology and based an entire theology, an entire theology on a misunderstanding of a parable. And I believe this is now I could be wrong. Yeah. But as far as I can tell, this is a misunderstanding of this parable. And he has built maybe the biggest church in America and a seminary and everything. Here's the parable, the parable, of the rich young ruler. He runs to Jesus, kneels down and says, you know. What must I do? Now, first of all, in the book, it talks about how many, I have two books. The other one's called Love is the Answer. It talks about this too, but it talks about how many times Jesus answered that differently, that question differently. Yeah. Why, would, why would the son of God answer the, the main question he's here for differently? Well, there are reasons, okay? But, uh, but this guy comes to Jesus and says, what must I do? And Jesus says, you've read the commandments, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do that, make sure you do this, make sure you do that. The guy looks at him and said, I've done all of that since I was a kid. Right. First of all, we know he's lying. Right. He thinks too highly of himself. But it, but it says Jesus saw him coming and smiled. He knew him. He knew this guy. Yeah. And that's why yeah. he set it up. He set this whole thing up. Then he's told that guy, you have one thing you didn't do. Sell everything you have. Give it away and follow me. And the guy went away because he was very sad. This teacher says that um, Jesus was preaching a real gospel to that man. And that man was not willing to give up everything for Jesus. Therefore, that man went to hell. That is not, is, is the gospel, Blake, is the gospel that you have to sell everything you have? No, I hope not. <laughs> Is, is that the gospel? According to John MacArthur, that man walked away from salvation. Jesus was offering him salvation. No, he wasn't. Jesus was preparing this. He loved the guy. In fact, it even says that in the scripture. It says he looked on him with love. He loved the guy. He wanted, the guy had a problem. You know what his problem was? He thought he was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he came and yeah. he thought he was good. Jesus went about showing people that he needed to die. This is what they get. His mission on earth was to show they couldn't do it. Therefore, he must die. So when he tells reason for the law, too. Right. Exactly. So when he tells people this stuff, he fulfilled the law. He says this, do this. So he's showing them you can't, can you? Peter, Peter, you say you die. You won't even get through tonight without denying me. So this has never been about you guys getting to some spiritual level. I came here to die. It's not about you giving up your money. It's not about any of that. It's about me paying a debt 
that you owe and I don't owe. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, and we have turned it into a religion. We have we are we are much like the Pharisees in today's evangelical church. We have a hierarchy. We have people who have been, you know, have 27 degrees and they're on stage. And, and I, I was at a church, my church that I was there for three years once, 3,000 people. And one Sunday was just, let's introduce you to the church staff. It was 67 people's picture on the stage uh, for an hour and a half. Each person came up a little bit about their college degrees and stuff. I left this going. So the message today is don't even think of being involved in ministry if you don't have a college degree. And we are the clergy. And aren't we great? I thought, oh my goodness, what the heck's going on? Which like the like, there's nothing. If you want to go get a master to, master's in divinity, that's fine. Like, yeah, I, power to you. I right. want a doctorate of divinity. I do. Right. I do. But, but guess what? But that is not what qualifies you for ministry. Thank you. Thank you. I, not. I, well, there are a lot of people. Listen, I, there are a lot of people. If this book gets any kind of notoriety, which I don't need that for me. I would like it because I think there are people who are in church who are trapped in legalism, who are saved, and who are living miserable lives. And that's why I wrote it. So I feel like our messages are like very, very similar. So here's the issue. I get in trouble with both sides. So I get in trouble with the like legalists. They don't like me because I practice and preach grace. But then you also get in trouble with like the world because you stick to your guns of what scripture says. So you're like stuck in the middle and like getting in trouble and getting like negativity from both sides. Has that been your experience? Yeah. And listen, um, I, less though with the world and more with the legalists. Exactly. A hundred percent. I'm going to tell you something else that got me kicked out of church. <laughs> okay. There were three reasons that were given. One was Rick. Some of the people found the poop book you wrote. Um, which is which is going to be on my church's website as the book that got Rick kicked out of church. That was one of them. The other is, again, I told you, I think I, I've been a professional musician, actually playing for money since I was 17. And um, that's my trade. It's one of my trades, right? Yeah. So we, we were playing at this place uh, in uh, Denver. It's where I lived for like 36 years called the Platte River Grill. It's got this beautiful outside deck. My band's called Ricky and the Radios. So we're playing and... Uh, some people from church came. This was a 3000 member Baptist church. And this young 20 something couple came and my son was there. He's 14 years old. He was drinking an IBC root beer. You know what that is? Yeah. You know what the bottle looks like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that guy went and told the elders that I was giving my 14 year old son alcohol in public at a bar. Um, didn't come to me. Um, and so with the worst sometimes, yeah. And so that and my poop book was it was that's an, that's beyond the pale. We can't have you on the platform. Sorry, we need you to step down. How does that look like Jesus? Explain <laughs> to me how that looks like Jesus. There are people who their entire ministry in the online space is spent calling out like people that they consider like not fit to be Christian leaders. Right. Find yeah. that in the in Jesus's time on earth that that's how he spent his whole time. No, he uh, led with love. He radically changed the trajectory of people's lives by loving them and telling them to sin no more. I'm so sick of it. <laughs> that's right. No, you're absolutely right. You mentioned getting in trouble with both groups. You know, there's uh, we have those three enemies, and I talk about it a bunch: the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world will hate us. It hated Jesus. I I I come from a kind of a 
um, I guess I guess it would be a minority eschatological position, which we don't have to get into. But I don't think the world's getting better and better, and I don't think no. I don't think the world is going to hail Christians as great people. So, no. so Scripture I think Scripture isn't crystal clear. <laughs> Jesus, Paul, like they all talk about like there you go the world again. Is gonna hate you. There you go again, believing the Bible. But uh, I any, <laughs> I, I I believe that. Um, you know, that things are, things are going to get worse and worse out there. You know what I mean? And, and so um, I don't know where I was going with that because I'm getting old, but, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, we have, we have, I, I know where I was going. Um, the, yeah. I guess what, guess who, guess who comprises the world? People who use the moniker of Christian, but don't teach the Bible. Amen. That's the world. It's not the church. No. So the world, the flesh, and the devil, those are the three things that I struggle with. And my flesh is a big part of that. And, and, and I will tell you this, and I've told, I tell this to anyone. Uh, I, had, I, had a, I had a break in relationship recently with a friend that I have known since I was 16. And it's, it's one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. And we're actually going through a lot of really tough things, my wife and I as a family. But... Um, but he just started accusing me of, you know, things, you know, you think you're yeah. a great pastor, you this, that, blah, blah, blah. I said, listen, everything you said about me is right. Everything. And I am way worse than you think. I know that about me. So I don't need, I don't need you to tell me you're right. I mean, I'm just not going to defend myself anymore. My last sermon this past Sunday was the, uh, the art of self-defenselessness. I'm not, I'm going to defend the gospel. I'm going to defend Jesus. I'm going to defend grace. And I am going to say, have mercy on me, the sinner, because that's that's who Rick is. <laughs> well, and the, the, the reality is, is that you have a defender. I, a great defender. <laughs> a great defender. And he's going to do, I've actually not, we, the person and I have not been, been friends for right. decades, but I've had a very similar situation happen where they start, and they start telling you things about yourself that right. in my case, some of them weren't true. Right. But some of them you're like, yeah, yeah, no, I know, but we love each other anyway. I ultimately had to get to the place of like, I cannot spend my life defending myself. Exactly. You're draining me. And that's not why I was put on this earth. Like Jesus didn't say, go forth, make your, make disciples, love God, love one another and defend yourself to the death. Yeah. It's just not a part of the gig, especially when he can do it so much better than I can. Exactly. Why even expend my energy that way? It's, it, it, yeah, it's hard though, because I'm Italian and I'm from Jersey. Yeah. And, Look, I'm, I'm like spicy <laughs> Southern Louisiana girl. And so I my, get it. And my wife is from the South too. It's like, yeah. You you even look at me funny, and there's a part of me that that wants to go crazy, but yeah. but uh, but you know I I, I don't, and I've I have never gotten physical and stuff. I'm sorry to say that I've lost my temper when when people accuse me of horrible things. I wish I was like Jesus. I'm telling you, I wish, I really do. I long to be like him. I don't believe in this progressive holiness concept where outwardly. It's possible outwardly you look a little more holy, but I don't believe real holiness results in an inward feeling of holiness. I think it's the opposite. I think yeah. the more holy you get, the less holy you feel because the closer you are to him and, and the closer you get to light, 
yeah. the more the more it shines on you and and you know you think man even that good deed that i tried to do there now can you take that too far <laughs> yeah you know what it's yes. called clinical depression and guess what i had yeah. that yeah. so yeah you, you we have to the the flip side of this coin is we're his beloved he loves us we're like his little kids don't you know let them come to me we just like you know when my grandson would sit on my lap you know it's like we're his kids he loves us it's gone god doesn't remember it the yeah. world the flesh and the devil remember it god doesn't remember it that's the other right. side and that's where i want to live <laughs> exactly well and that's what i was going to say like that's i i don't want to live in a place focused on my the ways that i fall short or my sin or the ways that i could be more holy because like that does not perpetuate me forward towards looking like jesus towards treating people like jesus what does is knowing and believing what god said about me and what i was worth right like That's something right. is worth what you pay for it That's and what truth. was paid was the life of his son so that must be what i am worth the so most do i not want to walk forward believing that in humility in gentleness but like we've gotten that's another thing that probably would have been a great fit for this book is we think that sitting down is humility and it's not like humility is a gentle understanding that you are worth what you were paid for and functioning out of the grace and, and word of god that's not right. like self-flagellation and like oh woe is me i'm so terrible i don't think anything's no. accomplished with that nothing does and and when i preach the way i preach about about um how we bring nothing to the table i never want that to to result in in condemnation but but listen the the line of condemnation is very clear i'm a computer programmer so there's the concept of boolean yes no true false one zero there's a line and the line is Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God has raised you from the dead. You're saved. You're above that line, right? And period. guess what? Period. Yes, like there, is, there is now for, therefore, no condemnation, yeah. okay? And the devil and, and the world and the flesh want to drag you back down here. However, yeah. if you're below that line, you are under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the yeah. condemnation of God. But God has is 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 so loving and kind even to his enemies even to those who will not make it to heaven that he lets the sun rise he gives you a beautiful day even though you spit in his face even though you flip him the bird <laughs> yeah. even though you say he doesn't exist and he's a monster all those things you say but yet you still have a place to sleep and food to eat and your body still functions the way it functions so Absolutely. You may want to you may want to reconsider Jesus because if you're wrong, the bad bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be not great. Yeah. Well, I'm just really thankful that you're doing the work that you're doing and writing the books that you're writing because as someone who is in this space and trying to have these conversations and teach these things and kind of has the opposition of some of like the members of the body, it can get discouraging especially when a lot of the pushback yes. is from people that are supposed to be of the same or are of the same body as you but like just having other people that are very clearly calling out a lie as a lie and kind of being unapologetic about that is 
encourage it kind of like bolsters you right like it's like oh okay i, I can keep doing this i can keep going yeah well jesus did it the bible said paul did it um he says uh earnestly contend for the faith once delivered it says beware of the wolves that come in and don't tolerate false doctrine i mean i used to do that wrong right i used to think that if you were a pre-tribber you were going to roast in hell because you didn't believe yeah. in in the post-trib like i did right those aren't issues those aren't salvific issues however yeah. if i ask you the question why are you going to heaven mm -hmm. and you answer that question with anything other than effort of God, if there's anything in there that says, well, I accept it, or I did this, or if the word I is in there, you don't get the gospel. I'm going to heaven <laughs> because I received a gift I don't deserve. Right. I just, I don't deserve it. I'm no. telling you, I don't. I know what I've done. I know the things in my head that no one on this planet knows about me. Right. And yet I also know that I have a friend who sticks closer than a brother who's proven himself time and time again through miraculous things that couldn't be coincidence, who has used things I say, not that I'm anything, but I've had people call and write and say, you got to stay out there. You got to keep doing this. This is feeding us, you know? And that just makes me want, you know, I'm a, I, you could probably tell I've already almost cried twice in this, but I used to be known as the... It. I used to be known as the guy who could not get through a sermon without bawling like a schoolgirl. So I'm getting better, I'm getting better. But you know, this is Jesus loves us. He's done everything for us, and and we're gonna be okay. You and me and his church, we're gonna be okay. And all of them are not here yet. All of them have not been saved yet. And so that's happening. And and also, you know what else is happening is God is is demonstrating His glory to the to this world and the powers and the principalities. And you and I, we are actors in a play that God has created, the end of which is to glorify himself. The only being in the universe who's allowed to glorify, glorify himself will mm -hmm. both, and this this will get you really in trouble, Blake. And I, I don't know if you agree with me, but I think you do. But he will be both glorified by redeeming those of us that he redeems. And God is also glorified in the punishment of sin and hell. Mm -hmm. Amen. I completely agree. Fact, right? He has to be, or there wouldn't be a hell. And so he was or he was never what he said he was. That's right. That's that's exactly right. And I listen, one of my best friends has become one of those non-hell people. And I just said, so let me get this straight. The God who uh, you know, is the God of the Christian who's got her head down, ready to be chopped off by the ISIS member, um, can not recant her testimony lose her head, this guy continue to kill Christians and die unrepentant and move in next to her in heaven. Mm -hmm. Yes, because Christ's blood covered every sin that's ever been created. It's like, yeah. Now, yes, he could if through, if before he meets Jesus, he like repents sure. of his sin and acknowledges truth. Absolutely. Now that's difficult for some people to stomach that if in oh. his last minutes, Hitler yeah. accepted Jesus as Christ, as Lord right. and like, entered the gates of heaven that can be difficult to stomach yeah but if that's, that, the, that's the truth that's an offense, it's an offensive part of the gospel but right. you cannot tell me that someone lives an unrepentant life of sin and and spits in the face of god and then dies and gets and to go be with him then he would what was the point that thank you for saying that this is what i tell people like that so here's what you're saying 
all of us were going, and this guy even believes the devil goes to heaven. So all of us, everybody goes to heaven, everybody's reconciled. So, so what the heck? What's the point? Couldn't we learn better in heaven? Wouldn't it be better? Is God just sadistic? He just wants to see how much crap we can take? No. Why, why would he have to do that to what he did to his son? No. The point is, there's a drama going on and we play a part. You know, the revelation talks about the two witnesses, you know, lots of people don't know what they are. I have some ideas, you know, there's different ones, but one of them is called the yeah, two, yeah. La two lampstands and the two olive trees. Well, lampstands always represent the church and olive trees right. always represent Israel, right? So there, right. Need to be, there need to be witnesses in the end times that see right. what's going on. And, and, that's, and that's what we're going to be, you know, but the, the news I want to leave people with is not worry about this world. I mean, everyone is. I don't have to make you worry. Right. Just turn, turn on the news. But listen, first of all, love is the answer. <laughs> it's the truth. It is. And that, that's the and, only answer. And love is a, a human being who was also, is also God. Love is a person. Love is a person. His name is, is Jesus. And he can love through you, and he can get you through anything. And... Um, mm -hmm. Don't trust everything you hear from the pulpit because, yeah. because there are people that are trying to, you know, tell you things like, like, um, you know, like, like, uh, you know, re like repentance is your part in the salvation. Repentance right. just means, it literally means change your mind. You know, I'm, I speak Spanish. The verb pensar is to think in Spanish. Literally, the word is to think again. It's metanoia to change, change your thinking. Think again. That's what it means. So when yeah. someone, so when someone says repent and believe, what they're saying is stop believing, stop not believing, and start believing. Mm -hmm. Change your mind from disbelief to belief. That's what repentance is. And the Bible says, God grant us the gift of repentance. So how yeah. do we change our mind? God grants us repentance is absolutely necessary for salvation and yes. it's granted to you. Amen. <laughs> repent. That's going to piss people off. Oh, it's going to piss a lot. of. <laughs> but why do you repent and your next door neighbor doesn't? Are you, are, were you better? You got saved and they didn't. Were you a better person? No. Why did you get saved and they didn't? Well, because God hasn't touched their heart yet. That's not my, uh, my job is to preach the gospel and let God touch their heart. Uh-huh. But they may never he may never touch their heart. We don't know. Yeah. So obviously yeah. we could just keep like we could just talk through all 10 lies, <laughs> which I would love. Maybe we can do this again sometime because I I'm yes. enjoying yeah, yeah. I sure. have to. Rick, yeah. tell people where they can find and follow you and where they can get your books. All right. Yeah, the best place is just graceonlinechurch.org because that's our website and everything's on there. But the books are on yeah. Amazon. Um, okay, perfect. And, uh, and you can get them there too. And, uh, you know, we're all over Facebook. Make sure it's Grace Online Church. There's a lot of, a lot of Grace churches. But yeah. uh, so a couple of quick things. Yeah, Patreon slash Grace Online Church if you want to support us. Facebook slash The Grace Online Church if you want to see our public face. We have over 3,000 people in six months. That's awesome. That like what we're doing. And then we have a private group called membership that you have to answer some questions about 120 people in there. And, uh, and that's it. That's how, that's how you get us. Uh, you can, you can reach me at rick at graceonlinechurch.org. That's my email address. And uh, awesome. 
Rick, thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. I really enjoyed it, Blake. It's a pleasure to meet you. And I, I'm going to keep watching your podcast. And thank you so much for getting behind the, you know, just, just saying that you like it. I mean, that yeah. you're a new author. You don't know what, is anyone ever going to read this book? You know? I get it. I get yeah. it. I've been there. Thank you very much, my friend. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.